No, they know you never talk about your money. Right, so at Liverpool in the 80s, you would no idea. No, no. Well, we, the only idea was that Kenny was on far more than he was. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Off the ball. This is News Talk. All right. It's Friday night. You're very welcome along. It's Jerry Gilroy here with you through all the way until 10 o'clock this evening. As ever, we'd love to hear from you. You can get us on Twitter at Off the Ball, or of course, you can text the show on 53106. The sun is kind of here. The sap has risen like a dime store, Jesus. The rain is also here in parts of the country, uh, so it's perfect Irish summer territory. And there's a strong case to be made. This is the best sporting weekend of the year so far. The evidence. Meaningful hurling, Clare versus Limerick in a Munster final for the first time since the 90s. Knockout football with the possibility that both of last year's All-Ireland finalists are out by Sunday evening. A big campaign gets underway for the men's international team. Massive 10 days for the Republic of Ireland and the racing is class as well. We'll go to Yervin in a moment. It's a Friday night, so here on tonight's show we're also talking racing. There's a pretty seismic rugby match on where Johan van Grand's legacy is up on the line in Ravenhill. Fiona Hayes is going to join us this hour to preview that. Then Paul Murphy talking Kilkenny against Galway. But first, Gavin Cooney is in Yerevan for the 42. Gavin, the, the sun is shining. Everybody's talking about the weather because we're Irish. Is it really that nice? It is very, very nice, yeah. I'm afraid your correspondent here is kind of wilting in the heat, so I don't know how the players will cope tomorrow. Yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's really hot. I think it's 32 degrees here today. It's going to be similar enough tomorrow. Uh, kickoff is at 5 o'clock local time, which is the precise time I'm talking to you now. So, yeah, all, all the conversation around it is about the weather, and we'll see whether there's a little bit of... Um, uh, it's a little bit unknown as to whether they'll get a drinks break during the game. Uh, I think if the mercury is 32 degrees, they have to get one. Otherwise, at the referee's discretion. So, uh, um, yeah, they will. They mean there's, there's very real reason to be looking at the temperature tomorrow night. We do have a, a national anxiety about the weather. It seems to be the one social glue that we have that makes us all be able to speak to each other. Do we maybe talk a little bit too much about this? These are well-honed professional athletes at the peak of their physical powers. Is it that big a deal? I mean, there's not a whole lot else to talk about, is there, Jerry? Um, no, no, I mean, it, it, it will be relevant, but in fairness, as Stephen Kenny was saying, that uh, at least it's not like a 7.45, or sorry, at least it's not a 3 o'clock kickoff. Obviously, the ideal would have been 7.45, but in fairness, like it does matter in the sense that Kenny has talked about they will have to modify part of how they want to play. I mean, they won't be able to press with that same intensity that we've seen in the you know, in the November nights in Luxembourg or in the October nights in Aviva. So, uh, it, I mean, it does sound like they will have to modify how they play a little bit and if uh, if there's an element that is forcing you to modify uh, how to play I think it's uh, I think it's a legitimate talking point Okay fair enough and uh, does that then feed into team selection are there players who are fitter who have played less who are better rested is that something that maybe we underestimate in his thinking when it comes to actually naming the team tomorrow I think I think the the whole plan going into this is to eliminate those um, those factors as much as you can, as as much as you could, so to be able to pick the best team for the game. Um, it's very strange that like I mean the players are coming in with such varying degrees of rest. Like I mean Seamus Coleman and Nathan Collins were in a week after Premier League season ended. There are what four or five players from League One who's who came in with and their seasons ended on April 30th. So um, everyone was given their own individual training plan with with GPS trackers that was all fed back to uh, whatever. <laughs> whatever uh, mainframe computer they're running at Abbottstown and it's presumably still running off Windows 98 or something but uh, yeah so I mean that um, it may well play into team selection and the other issue is that um, there are a couple of players who are nursing slight injuries now Stephen 
Kenny will say that all 27 players are fit and available, which is obviously true. Um, Gavin Bazzini with a bit of a back injury, but he seems to be fine and he's, he's out there warming up with the rest of the goalkeepers as we're talking now. Um, but the likes of Seamus Coleman, Ender Stevens, and James McLean all had little niggles at the end of the season that they had to manage this week, but all seem to be uh, fit and firing. Do you have an idea what the team is? Do you think there's room for us to be surprised when the team gets named? I don't think so. I mean, the uh, I think this, this, the bedrock of the success of the last few of the across the last few games has been consistency of, of formation and of selection. Uh, it seems unlikely that any of the new faces and will include Michael Obafemi in there will start tomorrow night. Probably see them off the bench. So um, I'd imagine it'll be pretty similar. I mean, Kenny wasn't planning to have Josh Cullen available, but uh, it turns out he is thanks to administrative error at, uh, at FIFA that went in our favour for uh, for once. So he'll probably start. I mean. That probably uh, is bad news for Connor Harrah, who probably would have come into the team otherwise. But I can't see too many surprises beyond what we, what we, uh, the team that we've seen so far. The, probably the, one of the bigger questions is what happens at right wing back in Matt Darty's absence. Does Seamus Coleman go there, or does he tuck in at right centre? right-sided centre-back as we've seen so far and maybe Cyrus Christie coming at right wing-back I think the the signs seem to be pointed toward Coleman playing down the wing and he, uh, he's very insistent today that he's, he's fit and firing and he's, a, he's able to play in all these games so that's probably one of the one of the elements of the team selection to look out for Okay so if Coleman plays right wing-back that opens up the gap then for either Nathan Collins or Darrell Shade for Darrell Shade to retake the position that he held until his injury however you'd have to say Nathan Collins has catapulted himself way ahead of Darrow Shea at club level. So what does the manager do in that instance? Oh, I'd be surprised if it wasn't Collins. Even like Collins has played more regularly and better at a higher level this season. And there's also the fact that Collins generally plays on the right of that back three, which would suit if Coleman goes to the right wing back. Darrow Shea has traditionally played on the left of that back three, and that, that's John Egan's position. Um, you'd imagine that Shane Duffy will start, despite the fact that he's, he hasn't played a single minute of football since the Belgium game, um, which was what that was at the end of March. He was brought in early again for into the Irish camp, and he played a full 60 minutes of a training game against the Irish under 21s last weekend at Abbottstown just to get fit where all the other players only played 30 minutes uh, so you'd imagine that they're, they're bringing him in early to get him as much um, as much fitness to race fitness as much as he can get as much match sharpness as he can because you'd imagine that he uh, he will start at centre back because uh, he probably remains one of our if our most uh, potent attacking weapon uh, Nathan Collins in the team is genuinely exciting because like the, the ceiling for him is we don't know he's had an excellent season and there's a really good chance hopefully that he gets a move maybe season under Vincent Company might be interesting for him we'll see what else is in the team who's our left wing back um, who's our goalkeeper who are the midfield three because there's a little bit of room for uh, doubt that maybe Cueven Keller might get in is there yeah, Kenny was being very circumspect when he was asked about it. Um, I did kind of think that, is he leaving the door open for uh, Travers or probably Kelleher? But uh, no, I think uh, the consensus opinion is that I'm wrong and that Bazuna will start. And he, and he is, he does seem to be fit and, fit and fully training out there. So it seems to be a case that he, you know, Kenny declined to answer the question when asked if Bazuna still is number one, just because he wanted to have a conversation with the other two goalkeepers. And like it is, like he, he does have a job in a sense to keep them happy and content because both are have legitimate claims to be Irish number one and in any other era probably would be number one um, but the match it will be Bazunu left back is a coin toss between Enda Stevens and James McLean Stevens might just edge it because he's played more games in recent weeks both have come in and recovered from injuries um, Cullen will come straight into midfield with Hendrick and then that leaves the other like there is a little bit of question mark about that other midfielder Jason 
I mean, my guess would be Jason Knight might get the nod. He didn't massively impress me in the start against Belgium in March, having done so well off the bench in Luxembourg in uh, in November, but he brings that fitness and that energy. So probably him, although there is a case we made for Alan Brown, who uh, who's just made, has had that significant goal-scoring impact for Ireland when he has been fit and available to play. He's missed a lot of games, but as he scored against way to Serbia, scored the equaliser against Belgium. So, you know, he might be in contention. I can't really see Jason Malumbi coming into contention for that position. Harrahan's another, but uh, I think Kenny often likes him to play him deeper as an alternative to Hendrik and Cullen. So I'd be guessing Hendrik Cullen and then and then Jason Knight. Okay, I mean, that, I, there, are, there are options there to change things in the middle of the game if he needs to change things in the middle of the game which fingers crossed he won't but all of a sudden a lot of those players have played in this team in this formation got a lot of game time we know what they're capable of you know there's there's a higher clear hierarchy there but there is at least some depth around the squad this time that we haven't necessarily had at the start of previous campaigns Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a 27-man squad. Kenny has hinted that he will use all all the five subs available to him tomorrow night. And you can just see what he has done, and it was part, partly through um, absurd circumstance through COVID. He has had to blood a lot of players. Uh, Neil Rudin had the stat at the press conference today. I think he started 24 players across the eight World Cup qualifiers. The aim is to have obviously a more uh, a more consistent uh, selection from from here on in. Um, but there is there is de- genuine depth there, and Hamilton and uh, Ebisele have been brought into our depth to the forward position. I mean, Ebisele has played at fullback for Derby, but he's very much an attacker uh, in, 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 in Kenny's eyes. So the forward options, again, um, I, just, sorry, before we get into that, the, the use of the five subs, because there's been criticism of his use of the subs in the past and that sometimes they, they've seemed to happen quite late in the game when players don't really have the opportunity to uh, influence him. And then that seemed to have changed a little bit as the campaign went on and there, have been an, there has been an impact from some players off the bench as well. So um, have we seen him evolve as a manager over the last campaign, do you think? Oh, completely. Oh, like, compare the Irish team that finished that campaign in 2021 with the one that began the Nations League campaign in 2020. Everything has changed. The formation has changed. The style has changed. There's, I mean, there has been a certain kind of um, compromising on principles. You know, I mean, the, the one principle a manager should always have is, is the fact that he shouldn't have any principles. And he has changed it quite a bit. Like, I mean, the Irish team play very differently. They, they play slightly more direct now. They're not, you know, knocking it long into the channels all the time. But you know, they, they do knock it long with the channels. Sometimes, for because they've got Benny's pace and the counter attack to exploit it. I mean, I'll, I'll not get lost in in stats, but if you look at the passes per every Irish possession, so every time they have the ball, they used to average five passes uh, in 2020, and that dropped to four in 2021, which is you know sounds like a small difference, but when you add it all up by game by game and campaign by campaign, that amounts to a pretty seismic change change in approach. So things have things have changed completely, you know. I mean, whereas once uh, like Aaron like Aaron Connolly was the girl, like Kenny invested so much faith and time in Aaron Connolly, and he's you know he's out of the picture now because he's unearthed Doug Bennett, who's given him he's given him pace and attacking areas that he needed. Connolly wasn't doing the business, and then. Kenny in a very Kenny Kenny style uh, unearthed kind of this almost unknown player who'd played his trade uh, primarily in the League of Ireland um, and he's making a huge impact at international level so everything has changed I just think what's going to be interesting now is the fact that there was an element of Ireland could take teams by surprise last year I mean, they've now have a very, um, they're very committed to the same system of play. So it'll be interesting to see how they figure out, you know, when, when teams know what to expect from them, how will they figure out that challenge? And I think, you know, tomorrow, tomorrow night in Yerevan is one, is one such example. What? So then, it, presumably, um, we know who the front two are. Uh, Callum Robinson is going to start every game, and Chedoze Bene is undroppable at the moment. 
Yeah, I think so. It's it's hard to see otherwise. You might argue that you know Ogbené may not be the best suited to a team who will sit in a low block as Armenia might well do tomorrow night. But I just think it's such as his goal scoring form, um, and there will be opportunities to counter. Kenny has said that he's not expecting Armenia to sit in to the to the extent that say Azerbaijan did at home in September last year. Uh, so there should be opportunities for him to uh, to use that pace and expl- exploit a bit of uh, some of the space that'll that'll appear on, on that pitch tomorrow evening. So you'd imagine it would be Robinson and, uh, and Agbeni How good are our opponents what should we expect from them what kind of a, a, a team are they likely what, what threat is this a big deal for them are they like looking at this as a big opportunity the same way we are at the moment or are they like just trying to cycle through the Nations League in the style of say Martin O'Neill Ireland they, uh, they're, they're using a very Irish characteristic here in the sense that they've spent the build up to this game polishing their grievance they're, if you ter- turn your mind back to Euro 2012 qualifying Ireland beat Armenia in the final game to, to nudge ahead of them into second spot that was like that was the great Armenian team when Mkhitaryan at the peak of his powers they got to like you know, top 40 in FIFA rankings um, and their goalkeeper was sent off pretty harshly when he charged out of the box he, you know, he, he put his hands up which is kind of foolish but the ball did hit him on, the, on his ribs and he was sent off so they're still polishing that grievance the, the very first question to Kenny and Coleman in the press conference today was, uh, "What are your memories of that?" <laughs> so, I mean, maybe there's an element of revenge about uh, about this game against Ireland tomorrow night. Um, like, I mean, Kenny would use the phrase they're up and down. They're very much are up and down. Like, they lost their last game 9 0 to Norway. Okay, they had a man sent off during it. But, you know, they promoted from uh, League C in the Nations League. They topped a group with uh, North Macedonia, who we saw immediately in the World Cup qualifiers. And Georgia were there as well. We don't need to talk about Georgia anymore. Um, so, that they have some quality. I mean, among their most, I mean, one of their strikers, his name escapes me now, plays with Club Rugge in. Um, in Belgium, one of their midfielders, um, again, whose name escapes me, sorry, was uh, Player of the Year. He's only 21 Player of the Year at his club at Krasnodar in Russia. So, um, not exactly household names. They're the names that, um, and Adamayan is the striker from Club Rugge, sorry. They're the names that uh, the Kenny's picked out. But, uh, like this, like, you know, Stephen Kenny has targeted winning this group. If Ireland are going to win this group, they have to win tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, it has one all written all over it, though, right? <laughs> oh god, I can't write about another one all draw. I mean, there's been nothing cold obviously it's pretty hot here, there's been nothing colder than Ireland's embrace the Nations League. We've yet to win a game over two campaigns. There's only five other nations are like that. We've only scored two goals across the whole uh, 10 games across two campaigns uh, which is I think only San Marino have managed fewer uh, so we're, we're overdue a win shall we say but you know you know, it, again it'll be interesting to see if Armenia do sit down can Ireland break them down and can Ireland uh, continue to unfurl a couple of surprises because uh, the more successful you are in the same system the, the fewer opportunities you have to surprise your opponents uh, Last thing is the, the, the general sense around Yerevan there was obviously the security detail had to go out early to make sure everything was okay from the FAI's perspective is there any sense of that when you've been walking around or since you arrived? No, all is all has been pretty calm. Those protests were, were a couple of weeks ago. They, they were never the, they had protests here as part of the Federal Revolution in twenty eighteen where there was you know uh, where there was civil disobedience and, and they um they blocked roads, etc. and kind of ground the city to the hold. Nothing like that. Uh, nothing like that so far uh, during our stay there was some uh, flashpoints about three weeks ago or a month ago but um, no nothing so far all, all is calm and peaceful as is anyway alright we'll leave it there Gav good stuff thanks a million for joining us cheers 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 that's Gavin Cooney of the 42 giving us some thoughts on what that Republic of Ireland team is going to look like 
that uh, takes the field tomorrow in what is the start of a big, big campaign from Stephen Kenny's perspective. That was definitely one of the things that um, was a bit of a rod for his back when he said he thought he, we, we could target and potentially win this group. But um, look, I suppose that's the whole point about being ambitious. And that was the whole point of actually asking for a manager to uh, say that this is a team who we believe in and these are players who we believe in. So let's see the evidence of it tomorrow. Of course, all the football on Off The Ball is brought to you by Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Uh, it's a big, big game for Munster tonight. They're at Ravenhill. It's kind of a must win if we're in any way going to think of the Johan van Graan era as a success and then they've got to win two more games after that. Standing in their way is an Ulster team who will definitely believe that they have the measure of this Munster group in particular. We're going to talk about that with Fionn Hayes next. Football on Off The Ball With Sky All the football you love in one place Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports